0: Lauren and I just tried to start this podcast, but uh, her intro was kind of boring, but luckily it wasn't being recorded. Thank you. So, oh gosh, we're back again. This episode of Pop Apologist is dating and romance themed. We've done things like this before, but we have some new listeners. So, we think it's worth diving into again. And we got some amazing questions from the audience. So, let's dig in. Correct. Yes. Very excited to do another kind of romance episode. We've only done one, I think and that was relationship red flags. True. Um, but I don't believe we've done like a dating all around romance advice episode. So I think this will be good. And it was all inspired by, Megan Fox, and Machine Gun Kelly, you know, our favorite Hot Topic employees getting engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chandler, I'm dying to get your thoughts. I have very strong thoughts about it. When the news broke, it was actually the night of Watch What Happens Live. I immediately was taken aback by the engagement, but also saw it coming. I think, but literally the most aggressive and astounding part was Truly the Ring. So yes, immediately I I had thoughts. I'll just start off with my, my stance on the whole thing. And that is that I want to cancel birthstones. Okay. I think that they are the tackiest way of self-identifying uh, uh, truly. And I, the, yeah. yes, I speak as someone who, um, hates her own birthstone. What I is your born, birthstone? I was born in August and my birthstone is a peridot, peridot? um, and it's a lime oh. green gemstone. It's so ugly. You don't want it. I've never a owned a piece of jewelry with it. Yeah. It's, it's look it up everybody. It's lime green. It looks like something you would get in like a jewelry box as like a kid. It's, it's awful. So I've always hated my birthstone and resented it because I love my birthday month, but hate my birthstone. Um, so yeah, I've chosen a life of hate for birthstones. And so I think this whole engagement ring, if everyone hasn't seen it, look it up right now so that you can understand what we're talking about is centered on their birthstones. So it's an emerald and then it's a diamond, right? Right. And all you Witch. bitches with diamond birthstones, like screw you. Yeah. I love how, I love how you just want to cancel it because you didn't get a good birthstone. That's like all this. Comes Absolutely. To Absolutely. If you had had a diamond birthstone, you would, you would be like oh, all about your birth. It would be my most treasured thing. It would be like, well, You're- I do have a diamond birthstone. So I just have a lot of diamonds because that is me, you know, your most treasured way of self-identifying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I just don't know how Leo's got the worst birthstone. Like that just feels like a cruel injustice. I'd like the birthstone catalog or whoever, you know, decrees that to shake it up a little bit. But anyways, I, upon doing a little bit more self-reflecting, I have a theory. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: The ring itself is heinous. It is, it's a diamond and an emerald and they're kind of like shaped together to look almost like an asymmetrical heart or something. And I just think it's really gross looking. I think it's like an eyesore. Okay, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to unpack. Obviously I hate birthstones, but I I don't get sometimes the rings celebrities choose because I do think that they sometimes get really ugly rings. Right, right. So I'll just say that upon a further unpacking, I feel like celebrities must find engagement ring shopping to be pretty hard because getting a big diamond is just like pedestrian level to celebrities because right, they just all can right. afford big diamonds. So then it's like, instead of doing, you know, a a big diamond, everyone just does tries to do something totally off the rails, Mm -hmm. you know, evidence, a Megan Fox's engagement ring. It's like a wizard of Oz contraption. So I have some unsolicited advice to give to celebrities. And that is that you should find an amazing, like vintage ring, big stone, you know, whole thing, But find an amazing vintage ring that has like a cool story. Okay. Like that, I think would be the perfect way to spend all that money if you want to do something unique. So, all the celebrities listening, that's my tip. You're welcome. You hit the nail on the head. Basically, I think celebrities feel this impetus that they have to have something extremely unique, and it Mm -hmm. has to obviously be like, so expensive and so nice and it has to justify you know their own celebrity status on some level like it has to be as special as they are and right but that leads them into a trap where in the pursuit of something unique they end up with something that is pretty weird looking like Like, i mm -hmm. personally wizard of oz contraption is perfect i think it looks like it's part of the k jeweler's um special irish collection (laughs) No, um i think that that I think that the, the true issue is the band. The band is so Mm -hmm. bad. Okay. This is what machine gun Kelly said about the band. He said, it's two magnetic bands of thorns that draw together as two halves of the same soul forming the obscure heart. That is our love. I mean, first of all, first of all, if my fiance's engagement post sounded like an emo live journal entry, I would be mortified. It's all very gothic Tumblr. And yeah. And, and like has light beauty and the beast feeling adult yes. Disney things. Like I, I don't want any rose thorn <laughs> allegories like spare me. It's just so cringe. Like that is mm-hmm. exactly it. It's the most cringy symbolism. I don't know. I just, I personally <gasps> believe what I was just going to, yeah, I the, the symbolism I think just indicates how Really, these celebrities have too much time on their hands that so they can literally conjure and like and describe their relationship in like literal symbols. I don't know. I think it's so funny. It's very pot and cauldron adjacent, like the Mm -hmm. conjuring, you know what I mean? There's, there's definitely like waves of smoke going into the air around them, wherever they walk. It's just, it's also juvenile and the ring itself is just so bad. Like it really does look like it came out of K jewelry and the bands themselves, I think are what make it so bad. Yeah. So, Which is sad because those are the things, you know, that are drawing are keeping the two halves of the same. Absolutely. Together. So what yeah, the magnetic for force. Yeah. I know. Um, what did you think about them drinking blood? I think it's an Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton, ripple. right? Like this right. is the next generation's version of that couple. Right. And that couple was trashy to begin with. Do we really need another one? No, we don't. We don't. What did you think of the drinking of the blood? It just kind of grossed me out. Like, I'm, I'm in love with somebody, but I do not want to drink their blood. I'm not even like remotely interested in it. Well, and you can't really drink someone's blood, right? Like I'm pretty sure you can't actually drink human blood. Did you look this up for that episode? Did you do any research on drinking? I didn't do any research on drinking. Wait, what do you mean? Like you can't swallow it? Wow. I really know your commitment. Or it's like Um, poisonous. I didn't do any research either. No, I think like literally you can't drink like a cup of someone's blood. I don't think like it was like well, I heard people theorizing that maybe they like blended it into a smoothie, like a patayas smoothie. <laughs> was this like an Elizabeth Holmes like Theranos situation? Just like yes. a Kendrick? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was a tiny amount. I don't think they like had a chalice of blood <laughs> that they then <laughs> sipped from well that's what i'm imagining because when you say drink blood like drinking is gulping down i know? would a no. Flow of I, I, I think it's, it's like not, literally a, a small it's not vial licking a finger just, yeah i one time swallowed a goldfish so i actually think i could drink someone's Alive blood goldfish. if ash a live goldfish if ben proposed to you but he wanted you to drink his blood as part of this experience and he also wanted you to post about it but that was the only way you could spend your life with him what would you do I would say it depends on the engagement ring. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thought. I'd probably do it. I don't know. I would do it for the engagement ring, this engagement ring we're speaking of, but I would just get it completely reset and get rid of the emerald. Right. You I know? just break apart the soul. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a little bit of housekeeping, just want to chat with you Chan about the giveaway. So we are doing this month, a giveaway. If you shout us out on your Instagram stories and tag us and include a link of the podcast. So your followers can easily tap that link and listen, you will be entered to win a 14 karat gold butterfly charm necklace that I wear all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and absolutely love from Casita jewelry. So cute. And I want to tell you Chandler that We've had 26 entries so far. So, this is not like a normal giveaway where there's thousands of entries. Like, you can absolutely have a pretty decent shot at winning. Also, if you shout us out every week, every time you shout us out counts as an entry. It'll run for the whole month of January. And another thing is, it's really helping. Like, even if you don't care, like you don't want that piece of jewelry, whatever, it's, our numbers, you guys from last week were significantly up. And I think it was because of absolutely. Well, I think what Lauren and I've kind of discovered is that what's really helpful with growth is word of mouth by far. Like if a friend of mine recommends a book or a show or something like I am, I think 10 times more likely than if I just come across it on my own. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's get onto the meat of the episode, dating and relationships, all the answering your questions, our main tips and advice. Chandler, I called you yesterday um, because I, you know, wanted to chat with you about this episode and get your thoughts. And I said, you know, I just need you to think about like what your tips are in for dating. Like maybe look back what mistakes you made. Um, it was really rich. She calls me and she says, you know, we're discussing her answers to these questions. And then she goes, you know, like, think about your, <laughs> think about your dating life and, you know, advice you'd have, like regr- regrets you've, you, <laughs> advice you'd have, mistakes you've made. And I was like, what are your regrets? What are your, literally, this is going to be your regrets shaped into advice that episode. It's really sad because I didn't even realize I subliminally had such little respect for you as a, as a female dater. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you You and I have different opinions on some things, um, which we'll get, into. so yeah, but yeah, Lauren has a little respect for me as a dater. It's really rich. Okay. So let's just like address some of these questions because Mm -hmm. people wrote in and I don't know. I just, I was in the dating world literally a year ago, a little over a year ago. And like it, I, my heart goes out to you. It's not easy. So we're here to extol any advice possible, but you know, take it with a grain of salt, Lauren and I definitely did have our fair share of trials and vicissitudes when it comes to well, vicissitudes. Um, uh-huh. Impressive. Okay, Thank continue. You. Oh, you know, just another regret the SATs? I have for, another regret I have for my dating life. Maybe I didn't share enough of my beautiful vocabulary. That's another regret of mine. <laughs> also, how does Ben feel? That I'm like, what are your regrets that it went so wrong? Luckily, you weren't on the speaker. <laughs> and but, you know, mom. Mom, when she met him, she was like, you're just truly my favorite out of all of her exes. I honestly hated like every other guy she's dated. Like um, she made me it's, look like such a loser. It's such like a Stassi Schroeder moment when her mom met Bo and was like, oh my gosh, thank mm-hmm. goodness. Finally, finally, you met well, a good man. Right. Okay. Well, you did make a lot of mistakes and you I did date. And Some as, have you. Characters. as have you characters, have an pers- pers- unsavory g- dating history. What are you talking about? if I've dated characters, you've dated characters. No, the irony is honestly, I was much more Chandler had her head on her shoulders much more than I did dating. Like I, not only did I date characters, but I was just completely psychotic. I think when it came to my dating philosophies, when I was dating and the way I approached it, like I had, I didn't have a single clue Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm -hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So, this concoction it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor, that's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, (laughs) these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com, use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off earlybirdcbd.com pop apologist 20 for 20% off do yourself a favor try the gummies they ship to all 50 states everybody you got to try it earlybirdcbd.com here's where I think we differ because I actually have been doing a little bit of self-discovery recently oh no I think that you dated more characters more people where we're just like like kind of like (laughs) cock your head a little bit you're just like huh like and but I think that you are a little bit more coy and I think that I dated, I dated guys who were just like not great, but I fell way harder for them. So that's where I think you and I, like where we differed in our own, you know, poor dating history. I was always looking to date like a really big, per- big person, not like physically large, but like I wanted, you know, I really wanted that guest on. She wanted guest <laughs> of personality <laughs> and pedigree and stature. And stature. It's true. I did date a guy who was literally a doppelganger for Gaston. but anyway, we won't get into it. <laughs> lots of beauty um, and the beast here. I'm- yeah. Lots of beauty and beast this episode. Anyway, no, we're here to go over the mistakes we've made. Um, right. I think let's get into our tips first, honestly, because okay, we've, we've done some soul searching and we do have, like things that we look back on and we realize that we potentially did either incorrectly or just didn't even notice that they are red flags when they were appearing. So should we talk about these? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So I'm going to right off the gate, I'm going to basically give the gold because I think that this is something that I made a huge mistake in and I just want to help any young girl dating out there. And honestly, I think any woman. So when I was in my mid early to mid 20s i exclusively basically dated guys that were 10 years older than me i thought that if i dated guys who were older intentionally and like filtered for older guys i would a find guys who were already established in their careers mm-hmm. so then i could kind of like literally i would I, my, I was like, hashtag skip the struggle. It's a little cringy <laughs> looking back, but I just was like, yeah, find someone who's not in that entry-level job. Find someone who's not, you don't have to deal with them going through medical school. Like just marry a doctor well, instead, you know, makes also a lot for, of sense for context. I think also you were kind of struggling yourself with figuring out what you wanted to do or like what your career was. So I just think that like, it really was like, skip the struggle. I don't, I don't want to have two people struggling. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like we can't have two poets in this relationship mm-hmm. that I exactly. Eat, so. <laughs> um, exactly. So I always thought a like older is better because they'll be ready to settle down. I think a big, you know, myth honestly, is that guys are not ready until like 35.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I
0: figured, okay, find someone who's a ready to settle down. They've sold the wild oats and they're in their career. Um, because I'm ready to settle down now. And that'll be like a perfect, combination. Also, I kind of felt like I'll always have the upper hand. I'll always be younger. I'll always be hotter. Um, and these are just dark, real thoughts, uh, but this was my mentality. So this, however, is what happened. I ended up pre-selecting for guys who had commitment issues mm-hmm. and guys who were jaded and guys who like to date inappropriately younger women, obviously. Right, right. And I just ended up literally filtering for like guys that honestly weren't good guys. Most. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like, it's fine if you, obviously, of course, if you happen to meet someone who's older and you guys really connect, that's great. But it's like, I think intentionally dating older guys is a mistake because Mm -hmm. you're pre-selecting for lower quality men. And that's just the truth. Additionally, I think that a lot of guys really, I don't want to use like the term snapped up because it's a little gross, but I think a lot of good guys get snapped up fairly young. I think that if we're talking about, you know, really good quality guys, maybe they're not necessarily super interested in playing the field and they tend to meet their partners younger in life because they don't have that, you know, deep need to sow their oats and they meet someone who they're compatible with and they commit. And because they're a guy, that's just a good guy. They end up committing and in long-term relationships from with women that they met when they were like 25. Yeah, And so I think that there are a lot of good single guys out there in their twenties. And then that number goes down as you know, they get older because the, right. they just get taken up. They just get taken. Right. So for younger girls, I would say date age appropriate guys. That is a, yeah. and maybe that sounds so obvious, but to me it was not. And I thought it was like a genius for dating. Right. Older, <laughs> for dating. Well, older. I think you and I, like we wanted to date people who could take care of us. And, and so that, yeah, really was just a way to, that was felt like the easiest way to get there. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I dated someone who was older than me and I think ultimately it was a big learning experience more than like a, an amazing relationship. Right. That was one of my regrets. Here we go. Right. (laughs) So anyway, that's my, that's one tip that I really have. Yeah, I agree. I went on a date with a guy who was like, I was 24. I think when we went on a date and he was 31 and he literally said to me, after we'd gone on maybe two or three dates, we were just talking about previous relationships. And he said, yeah, I was like seeing this girl for like a year. And you know, then like, she wanted me to like, come back and meet her family. And like, she referred to me as her boyfriend. And like, you know, w- like that, just like, that kind of was the end of us. Like those were actual words uttered from someone's mouth after they'd been with someone for a year. Right. And- and not that that's like what every 31 year old guy is like, but just saying, and not that 31's even that, that much older, but there's a very real degree of like perma bachelor mode that a lot of guys are in. Exactly. And that's the thing you have to pay attention to the things that they say and mm-hmm. how they talk about other women.
2: Right. Because
0: that is going to tell you how they're going to talk about you someday, which I think brings us to the next tip we have. Yes. Great segue. Um, how does he talk about his ex? I think this is a huge indicator of how he feels about women and how he like thinks that they have like lived experiences and how self-aware he is. Yes. Honestly, it's not just how he treats his mom. It's really how he talks about his exes. Mm -hmm. Like if he thinks every ex is crazy, if he thinks, if he thinks every ex is crazy, he will think all women are crazy. Mm -hmm. If he thinks every ex is still in love with him, he's a narcissist, right? And if there's one ex in particular that he trashes a lot, he's probably still in love with her. So those right, are kind right. of, that's a little like um, flow chart. You can, you can write right. a little diagram for y'all. And I think like, is he on speaking terms with like a, a, a good amount of them? Like, I don't right. know. Are, like, are they, are they, has he written them off completely? All of them? Like, are they all blocked on Instagram? I think everyone is within their right to have been wronged and right and wounded by someone and have someone that they don't speak to anymore and be on bad terms with them. But really like, I think that ultimately two should be the max number of people like that. And then beyond that, if they're not on speaking terms with more than two people that they've Mm -hmm. dated in the past, that's a big red flag because ultimately it just means that they have huge ego issues and they're not willing to give any women closure. And they're not willing to just have had a relationship basically well, wrap up in a healthy way. Totally. And I think also when you, when you go through a breakup, that's bad. And then you move on to a healthier relationship. I think you, at least for me, I, I've turned back to that time and with compassion for myself and my ex, like once I find a healthier relationship, I'm like, oh, I understand why we didn't work out. But I feel like if they just go from one bad relationship to the next, like, and, and all of them end in flames, like that's more about them. <laughs> exactly. Because I think every healthy person a year out is able to see what they did wrong and exactly. is able to feel totally fine about the other person. Right. Um, and so if they are, still have bad blood with another person, mm-hmm. um, more, than, more least, than two more than two people, then they're a problem. Okay, so let's right. get on to the okay. next. Yeah, yeah. Um, what other mistakes did you make Chandler? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing that I- did that i did right was if i ever felt like scorned by a dude or like i felt like things were hitting the skids or he kind of pissed me off or was honestly ignoring me or i thought i was being ghosted i deleted all of their messages and i found this to be incredibly cleansing and i think one one theme that i'm going to come back to is like when you're dating in order to keep your sanity you need to find ways to like hit the reset button in your brain either right. whether it's like after a breakup or mid Talking to somebody and it, like not going as planned, like you need to find ways to like hang on to your sense of self. And I think like for me, one of those ways was literally deleting all of our text messages. Like mm-hmm. maybe this sounds crazy, but like I literally, if somebody stopped responding to me and we got on a date or they, you know, had left me, yeah, left me on unread, whatever, or they weren't asking me out, like I would just delete all of our text messages. It was just like be gone, you're out of like my right. Setting. Right. Or, and delete their number. So you don't have an ability to text them. And basically if you've been ghosted, hit them up. Like I think right. that's super important. Absolutely. Um, like I brought this chaos into my life and I can also like delete it from my life. Get rid of it. Yeah. That, that was always super important is to never memorize a guy. This may be a crazy tip, but never memorize his number, like put his name in your phone immediately. And then if the time comes, and things aren't going well and he's ghosted you or whatever literally just delete his right. his contact info have no way of getting in touch and contacting him if it's I've, possible i've sent my roommates their phone number i've sent my siblings their phone number so that i could like verify if they were to text me that it was them right yeah delete it block it um okay one thing i want to say quickly about blocking someone's number is in regards to when you're fresh from a breakup. And I've been here a million times and you're just like sitting by your phone, like a pariah, you're just waiting and waiting for your ex to text you or for some conversation post breakup to start that would like take away your pain or whatever. Just, just like any type of attention from them. I feel like post breakup is like heroin to you. Um, and this also means that sometimes you lose your nerve and you text them, you know, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I hope you're doing a well, hope how you're Mm -hmm. holding up. So I had broken up with a somewhat like serious boyfriend and Lauren told me, this is like one of her best piece of advices to me was to just like, after like three days of anguish of looking at my phone constantly, every time I would get a notification, I like, I was a prisoner to my phone and Lauren literally said, block his number. Mm-hmm. And it took me like literally probably a day to come around to this idea. And I think the reason why this was so hard is because when we initially broke up, he didn't like grovel for me in that moment. He just kind of right. said, okay, if this is what you want. So then, you know, I'm, I'm a prideful person and I honestly had like, was heartbroken myself and I just wanted them to try to win me back. Like it was all pride based basically. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I took her advice and I felt like I took back control of the situation and I blocked his number for like two weeks straight. And honestly, that was game changing. It was the perfect span to have like my pride restored and my sense of self. And, and this like time I gained like the mental clarity to realize like that was the right decision. And it still sucked. Obviously I won't like pretend like I just all of a sudden felt better, but I just got to a place mentally where I could actually breathe and put it behind me. And in that span of time of blocking your ex's number, get a haircut, go on a random two-day trip, like start a new hobby, just literally anything to feel like you've hit reset or you're like, you've advanced past the breakup. Right. Oh, that's a good tip. I think that ultimately, like my big rule when it comes to breakups is that if you're still in contact with them, you're not actually broken up. You absolutely. are remaining emotionally engaged, emotionally entangled. You can't actually move on or date anyone else. Like I was talking with a no. friend the other day, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, we were broken up, but we still talk every day." And like, you're not broken up. You're not. You're absolutely not. Can you imagine going on a date with someone and you're like, "Oh yeah, my ex and I talk every day." Mm-mm. And we had this really like difficult breakup. Absolutely not. And it's crazy to me. People have such little self-control, but you really have to grow a spine. You have to delete his number, block him. And just, you have to throw out the defective produce. And that is how you can mentally start to, you cannot mentally move on until you have cut off all contact. And that is just the way it is, period. It's just the way it is. And that's just the fact of life. Like you need a solid, probably nine months of not speaking to then if you know if you want to have some closure conversation if something you know whatever like like what's funny is is this is someone you dated this wasn't a friend and so this person isn't going to be right. in your life anymore like of course they became your best friend but ultimately they won't be in your life and as hard as that is like once you get to the end of that 9 month period that cleansing period you're not going to be in the habit of talking to them anymore. What you're doing is you're regaining your emotional independence from this person. Mm -hmm. And once you have that, you're not going to, you're not going to care if you have their number because you're not going to be in that space where you're pining and like, you know, tempted to text. Exactly. Yeah. So true. Okay. Um, I do have another pro tip for everyone and this kind of coincides with my last tip, but I think be open to dating a variety of guys. So this is something that I was not open to when I was dating. When I was dating, I was looking for a very specific type of guy, type of man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I remember when I was when I was like 26, I was in Napa for my friend was getting engaged and her, you know, soon to be fiance had planned this whole trip where she was going to get en- engaged in Napa. And then she would walk into a vineyard and every, all her friends would be there with this big surprise. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was amazing. Anyway. So I shared a room with one of the other girls who was there for the surprise and we were chatting. we were both single. And, you know, I was kind of complaining about the type of guys in Orange County and how they yeah. just really weren't what I was looking for. She's like, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, oh, I'm looking for someone who's like, you know, very much like left-leaning politically. I want him to be like Mm -hmm. really smart and soulful. I want him to be like, maybe like earth, like pretty earthy. Like I want him (laughs) to be interested in like having a farm someday. Um, Dress in tunics. (laughs) Dress in like, no, like dress in like Levi's and white Mm t-shirts. I want him to be like extremely stable, like arms that I can fall into at the end of my weary days. You know, I want him to be, like a, a Dennis Quaid lookalike from like the parent. Sure. Rap. Sure. Like that was what I was looking for. It was right. like, so incredibly specific. And I remember she like looked at me and she was like, yeah, I, I, I think you're describing someone who like doesn't actually exist. <laughs> like, you know, that's the problem, right? Like that person doesn't, right. that's not even a real person. No, that person does not exist. A person is like, like literally a fantasy fantasy. Yes, he's a fantasy person and he's definitely not like on Bumble and Mission Viejo. No, no, God, no, no. So so it took someone honestly saying that for me to realize like, wait, you're totally right. Like the, what I'm looking for doesn't even exist. And I have to be much more open to a variety of types of guys. And when I first started dating Kagan, he was absolutely not what I was looking for. Like he was, first of all, a year younger than me. He mm-hmm. was not a poet Um, He had no interest in an agrarian lifestyle. Um, So disappointing. So disappointing. He did not want to become a gentleman farmer. And anyway, it just turned out though, that he was the type of guy who his day-to-day life was actually extremely compatible with how I like to live my day-to-day life. Right. And we ended up being super compatible, but he was not who I was looking for. Right. And I, and so I think you have to be open to, A variety of guys, a variety of jobs, a variety of people. Absolutely. Yeah. I do not compromise on looks. That's a big tip I have to. I feel like I've, yeah. (laughs) Don't, do not compromise on looks. (laughs) That's a mandate from the pop apologists. Do Um, not. Women get told all the time they need to compromise on looks, and this is a hill I will die on. Like, you should not compromise on being attracted to someone because that will get you through really difficult times when they're annoying the shit out of you. absolutely absolutely um I just think also though yeah I've I've had friends and roommates who were extremely specific and I feel like they have had like worse luck like I maybe dated some characters because I really didn't have a type like I don't know would you say that I had a type I think you other than like maybe not right for me I think the difference between I'm more introverted than you so I was more comfortable like spending years alone and I think you really you're more Extroverted, you want people around all the time. And so you were more comfortable giving someone your spare time because you liked being you, you know, right. liked being with another person. And so I think you're I wouldn't say your standards were necessarily like lower, but you weren't you were fine to not necessarily hold out for the fantasy that didn't exist. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about
2: anything. That's FrameBridge.com. and let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I also, like, mine was like, am I attracted to you one? And then like, is it fun to be around you? And then everything else was like, until I got maybe a little bit older, everything else was kind of like, I don't really care about your job. I don't really care about right. like your like long-term potential. Like, you know, it's just like, are you fun to be around? Right. That was kind right. of it, which um, totally. a lot of characters fit that bill. A lot of clowns, frankly. <laughs> so yeah, in my winding road of dating, I have spent so much mental energy texting guys who were not worth my time but also just like literally trying to do the dance of like courting and being courting. And I think what I've realized in my short time, truly in the grand scheme of things of being in a good relationship is that the people who are, I had to constantly overthink every single move. And every single follow-up text message was that perfect little dance of coy and witty and interesting and whatever was honestly like, it was a person I probably wasn't compatible with because I had to do so much to like perfectly manicure myself into somebody that they wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And to be realistic, like when you're, when you're trying to go on a date with somebody or meet somebody, like there is a degree of flirty banter back and forth that you like want to keep up. That's important. Right, right but I think that this was after- w- always way more important to you than it was to me. But continue. Yeah. Like I-, I wanted to be like dazzled by somebody via text before I went on a date with them. Right. Like I said, a lot of clowns fit the bill. Um, but basically after the first date, after maybe the first kiss, even like, I think you should be pretty comfortable texting and communicating with a person. And I think what I remember is like, even post those first, like, Things that should kind of break down some walls, like I still was like doing the dance, and mm-hmm. I should have just like cut my losses and been more direct or just more comfortable. And honestly, like it was not worth my time. Well, I think the ultimate thing is, is if a guy doesn't set you at ease enough to be able to mm-hmm. just text him directly and to speak plainly, right? Um, then I think that there's there's something off there, especially past you know the first month of dating someone. Like right, right. you shouldn't have to overthink everything. Yes. One thing I heard recently and I think is so true is that a good relationship feels calm and peaceful and a Mm. bad relationship feels confusing. And if you're confused, if you don't know if he likes you, if you don't know what his intentions are, if you don't know if he's really in it with you or wants a relationship with you, then that's not a good relationship. And the answer is that he doesn't. And that's just, that is literally the hardest lesson that we all had to deal with. Cause I know I had to deal with it. Even like the last guy I dated pre Kagan That I only went on a couple dates with was not a serious relationship or whatever. Only knew him for like a month maybe. But I would say that even that, I was like, I look back on that and I'm like, of course he wasn't into you. Of course he never took you that seriously. But for me, the confusion is almost like sometimes kind of fun because it's such a challenge. Well, and and it's such a high and such a rush when they do acknowledge you or they do reach out or like, like it's it's honestly addicting and it's yeah. I such a good point. it's sort of like Pavlov's okay. dog. Like when you totally. never know when you're going to get that ser- serotonin, you become addicted to getting and that then that li- Yeah. Like when you do get it, it's like, I, I mean, I like, this is extreme, but I swear, like the more like somebody messes with your head, like the more invested I got almost because it mm-hmm. was like when they did text me, I was like, Oh my gosh, this person is totally into me. I've been reading too much into everything. Of course they've always liked me. Like it just, I literally would like the, the, the form of self gaslighting. My favorite word, um, was insane. Well, I, that's what it is. I, I, like, I, I think if there's a high, every time they text like a big high, like, and you feel like it's like a victory, like, yes, they do like me. They don't right. like you enough. They don't, they they don't like you, like they you don't. enough they don't like you enough. Right. 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 Exactly. They might like yeah. you enough to try to hook up with you. And like, they right. might like you enough to, you know, try to see you, but they don't actually like you enough because ultimately the right relationship communicating will not feel like every time it's and this, this, you know, victory. It's, it's that's the thing. Like you can be excited when somebody texts you. Like I still get like a little, I still have like a little bit of a Pavlov's dog, like response whenever Ben's name like pops on my phone. But like, if you feel like it's literally victory, like you've won, or like right. you feel intense relief. Right. It's like right. Oh, you should you should look inward about those feelings because it's it's not a, an indicator of a healthy relationship. I remember there was this guy who was dating and he would he we would go on a date on like Thursday or Friday or Saturday yeah. night. And then I wouldn't hear from him until like the next Thursday. Ugh. And, you know, we weren't in a relationship. So I just kind of talked myself into mm. the idea that this was normal.
3: Right. And
0: that I was needy for wanting more communication Mm -hmm. and I would never text first obviously. And so, but it was excruciating. And every time he would text, it would be this big victory. Like he is so into me. Right. Um, but ultimately like I look back and he was absolutely not someone who was ever interested in commitment or settling down. And he was dating a lot of girls and I was just one in a Rolodex. And And I think that that's, you know, you're one in a Rolodex when you get very intermittent communication. Right. Right. If you do not know when they're going to message, like you should know when you're hanging out next within 48 hours of a date. Like they should reach out within 48 hours to plan the next date. That is the way like an actual courtship runs. It does not run that there's four days of no contact, a week of no contact between the next scheduling. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went on a date with somebody one time and at the end of the date, he was like, yeah, we should, I was like, we both had said like, yeah, let's hang out again. And then he was like, yeah, when? And I was so like, almost like crashed my car because I was so (laughs) shook. Yes. I was driving him. That's another story. Um, he, and he was great, but I literally, I was so shook by the fact that he wanted to make plans in person for the next time we would hang out. Mm -hmm. Like, because men just, I mean, in my experience, this was like, uh, lots of times, guys would wait until f- it's been four days, or like, or we would text, but they wouldn't talk about hanging out again. Right. And I'd have to do the dance of like, yeah, maybe we should watch that show we're talking about together, you know, or like. And so, anyways, I just thought that was so funny because I had never had a guy literally make plans in person with me at a date for the next time we were going to hang out. You're like, what? What are you talking about? Literally, I had, I, and I'm a big planner, but I was like, I don't even know what my like, what? I, yeah, I was. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So enough tips. Well, let's get into some of your questions. and I think this first one is very, very common. and Lauren and I have maybe slightly different opinions on it, but I think that we ultimately like we're we're closer than we think, okay, anyways, without much further ado. the age old question of how soon you should sleep with somebody Spicy, <sighs> spicy, sorry, we're gonna kick it off with a bang. So I'll try to keep this concise, but I think that sleeping with someone soon can either be not a big deal at all and really make no difference, or it can lead to confusion. What I reject about a lot of like dating mentalities people had is that it's detrimental because I don't think that it's ever like detrimental. I think that if you meet someone and it happens sooner, it can be amazing. And I think it's key to really just pay attention to those other critical signs. Like, are they making plans? Are they dodgy over text? Basically, and you know, if you wait a really long time, you will definitely weed out people who are just trying to like sleep with you. But sometimes waiting isn't what you always want. And, and sometimes you do want to like get to that stage and like get to know them in that way. And so I guess like net net, just because you hook up with someone doesn't mean it's any indication that they're going to date you, I guess. Like, it's just, you should look, be looking at other data points to get to that conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I was always, when I was dating, I was always very afraid to, we'll just say, we'll just use the euphemism hook up with someone because I just, it felt extremely vulnerable. It just wasn't something I really wanted to do unless I knew that we were in a committed relationship or it was like very much. That's what this person wanted from me. Right. Um, And it wasn't like, it wasn't any sort of like internalized slut shaming or anything like that. It really just was like, I don't feel comfortable being naked with another person. If they're not committed to me, like that just wasn't mm-hmm. truly just did not was not, did not compute. And I felt insulted that people would expect that I would be comfortable with that beforehand. And I just like really, yeah, I was like, absolutely not. And so my mentality when I dated was that I always waited until there was like signs of serious commitment and that this person was going to be like my boyfriend And that I I honestly, I would wait at least a month. Um, And for me at that point, a lot of times I wasn't, I was no longer dating that person because I had lost interest or they had lost interest. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, yeah, like my, my mentality is for me and my mental health and my sanity is I like to wait you know, really at least a month and at least four dates, you know, spaced out a week apart and give it some time because ultimately that's what I felt like was a very easy way of weeding out guys who were not interested in in a relationship. So that was how I, how I worked. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with one night stands. If you're interested in that, go for it. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that's not what I personally felt comfortable with when I was dating. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I just think that like, it's not, to me, it's just not the, actually the biggest data point or the biggest like indicating factor. I think like, like you're saying, like take, taking you out on dates, like, like those are bigger indicators in my opinion of like being, and and those things come naturally with your process. It's just, I think it's really, yes. I think it's really just when you're comfortable with it, you know, and that it comes at different points for different people and that's it, you know, definitely. Okay. So I'm going to move on to this next question. So this person asked navigating being ghosted, call them out or let it go. We obviously live in a time where people are very comfortable calling each other out that we know. So I'm going to say that my opinion is probably a little bit controversial here because I think that like ghosting can be like a true gift from above. Mm -hmm. I have never liked hearing to my face that someone I like didn't feel a spark. I'm an Enneagram four. I'm a Leo. I'm sensitive and prideful. It's a toxic combo. And I've gone on like amazing, great, great dates. And then I've gotten totally ghosted and it sucks I went out with this like darling industrial designer okay like he was very cute he'd gotten out of a serious relationship which to me was like an indicator of like okay he's interested in serious relationships um and i thought it was going to be a a beautiful relationship between two deeply creative people Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't and he totally ghosted me like we had two dates and basically you know there was a lot of time in between the first and the second and then after the second it was like radio silence and in that moment i i like mourned it and truly like i yeah i hated it it was awful and i went round and round with my roommates and in my head like why isn't this working out when it was so great at first but then like he didn't tell me what happened and i just kind of like made up the excuse in my brain that he got back together with a serious girlfriend who was the love of his life and I I think for me, I swear in my brain, it's easier if I can like compartmentalize it as like something crazy as something crazy and like out of the ordinary has happened rather than like them telling me the words like they didn't feel a spark. Like I don't want my brain to have that knowledge to have to like deal with it and store it like just store the idea that something crazy happened. I think that ghosting gets a bad rap. Like it's literally just the way of communicating. You're not that into someone else and it's a universal language. And I think it's so much better than saying, hey, I'm not that into you. Like I personally think that- if you've been on three or less dates, mm-hmm. then I truly think you can basically ghost someone. Absolutely. It's, if you're married to someone, you should probably let them know that you're <laughs> breaking up. If you're if you're exclusively dating someone, don't ghost them. But like, right. Everything else, like, it's just all is fair in love and war. Hundred percent. And it is so Debbie Desperado to text someone who's ghosted you. Like, absolutely not. You are not calling them out. Calling them out. It's just a lose scenario because all you're doing is highlighting the fact that they're not into you and making yourself look desperate in the process. This is the ghosting rule, girls. This is the ghosting rule. If you're ghosted by someone, okay, you do not text them back. You move the you move the F on, you move the right. F on. And then if they ever reach out again, you pretend that you ghosted them. So you say something like, oh my gosh, so sorry. I haven't texted you in a while. I've been super busy. I've been crazy busy. And, you know, like, you know, what's up, whatever. But absolutely not. You do not text them. It is such a gift. And ghosting is-, is a gift. Yes. I love that strategy. That's so funny. Okay. A listener said, I'm not Mormon anymore but I'm scared to date non-Mormon guys. Um, so I actually reached out and I asked her for a little more context because I didn't want to assume anything here. Mm-hmm. And th- this person said that she was afraid essentially that all the non-Mormon guys at the secular college she goes to are only interested in hooking up or not interested in anything committed. And she wants a, like more of a commitment. She wants a boyfriend. Of course. know yeah. I think that's what most of us want. So I'm just going to say that I think that when you grow up Mormon, which we did, mm-hmm. um, there's very much a narrative that guys who are not in the church are going to be, you know, exclusively interested in playing the field are not mm-hmm. going to want to commit Are not going to want to settle down. Right. Are probably going to have some sort of porn problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are probably gonna have a substance abuse problem. Right. At some point, right. Are going to cheat on you. Like yeah. there's just this way that men are talked about outside the church outside the church. And when you're in it and I want to dispel that for you, like that is just not the case. There will be players in the church and there will be players outside of it. And it's literally, it's, it's the same spectrum. Absolutely. It's the exact same spectrum. I think that like Lauren, we certainly had a mentality that like, if your man wasn't compelled by like God, he was like completely fallen. And that's just not true. Cause I've dated guys who were Mormon who were disrespectful or, you know, like any other like gamut of issues that men have. And right. so I just think that you, you run into the same issues with regular guys that you do with Mormon guys. And I don't also think that all men who are living outside of religion are, you know, morally doomed. Well, that's, that's actually, that brings up what um, I was thinking, which is that, you know, in the Mormon church, there's this idea that the natural man is an enemy to God. Mm -hmm. And, and basically that says that like, you know, religion is what keeps people moral and what keeps men faithful and monogamous. And the biological reality is that humans are mammals that pair bond. And that's a biological term. And some mammals basically copulate with, and I was kind of nerdy, but copulate with any, like with anyone, they do not have long-term relationships. They just, you know, w- whatever that you know, that's what they do. They do the unspeakable with virtual strangers. <laughs> um, the unspeakable. Uh, think bonobos. Think like you know, deer. Anyway, but other mammals pair bond and they have other partners that they have for years and even lifelong partners. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's there are. You story. know, there are other relationships that can happen. It's complicated, but literally it's biological that humans are relationship oriented pair bonding mammals. And so you can actually just comfort yourself with that very much fact and reality that has been observed by scientists. So believe the science and, you know, get out there. And honestly, I can tell you that it's just not the truth. Like when I met Kagan, he was 26 and all of his friends are 25 or 26, basically. And they were all dating girls that they had met when they were like 22 and 23. They are all still his close circle, of like five guys. They're all still dating those girls now at 30. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are tons of guys who are 22, 23, meeting the loves of their lives and interested and, you know, commitment oriented guys. So I think that's just a myth and I'm happy to dispel it for you. Um, I, side note, I would like to see you have a show on national geographic where you <laughs> instill, uh, the belief in love to women across America through biological and mammal knowledge. I just, I found that to be very moving. So thank you. Thank- I mean, you literally it's just. Use your own powers of observation. It's not like men outside religion never get married or never have long term relationships. They're right, like right. And the clubs for their whole lives. I am literally picturing you speak like at a zoo, like with <laughs> binoculars on, like saying, well, open your eyes around you. Look at these pair bonding mammals, women, young ladies. True. Like, believe in love. And you don't need and- to worry. And you can find just, you can find. great guy and guess what you're actually in the best phase of your life to find a great guy so get excited um that was really wow was that inspirational it was inspirational okay so we actually still have quite a bit to get through chan so what i'm thinking is let's talk about this more on the patreon okay and we also need to talk about of course recap our trip to new york and going to watch what happens live with heather Mm -hmm. obviously of course people know about it because we were spotted on dumois so you know that just happens now where people are paparazzied right but it's just where you have the most recognizable back of uh a head of blonde hair you've ever seen like people just know it's us (laughs) probably one of the best moments of our lives. Um, Easily. we saw that come through. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. Our entire watch what happens live experience, and that's going to be on the Patreon episode out this Friday. So if you want access, you can find the link in our show notes. Love you, Chan. Love you. Bye. Bye.
1: off the trunks He took the midnight train going anywhere (laughs) A singer in a smoky share yeah.